Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Father, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you, oh Father, that you saved us and you left us your spirit to continue with us this afternoon, Lord. Let not your spirit depart from us, but let him dwell amongst us. Amen. Teach us this afternoon. Let your word come forth and let it accomplish the purpose for which you send it. The outcomes of the word of God, it brings healing. Father, let our bodies be healed when we ache. Father, let not spirits torment us, O God. And any high thing that rises itself against the knowledge of Christ, we condemn it this afternoon. We say, let the spirit of God have his way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord as you take your seats. Hallelujah. Wonderful. And turn with me to Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 19 and verse number 12. Genesis chapter 19 and verse number 12. We have been sharing in this church uh, we started last week talking about those who go to hell. Those who go to hell. How many of you want to know those who go to hell? Say minus me. Minus me. For a short time, we want to just share about those who go to hell. So last week we began by saying that hell is a real place. Hell is not something that we imagine. Hell is not something that we use to just curse people when we are angry. Hell is not a swear word. It is a real place. Amen. It is a real place that people go to. Heaven is a real place. Now whether you believe it or not, you will die to find out. Hallelujah. Just as a child in the womb of a mother is born to find out that life is not all about being in the womb for nine months. But you'll be born into this world. And so also, we will be born again into another world. Hallelujah. We will be born again into another world. And whether we like it or not, you see, whether you believe it or not, night will come. And morning will come. Amen. If you were born today and you thought that the whole day should be sunlight, you'll be surprised to find out that the sunlight will go and the night will come. Hallelujah. Now, whether we believe it or not, we will die. Now, we say that there's so many things that we cannot be certain about. We cannot be certain about the fact that we will live to a very good old age. 
we are believing God that we will live to a good old age. We are believing God that we will live to be 85, 90 years, 103, and so on and so forth. We are not believing that we are going to die before our time. But you see, we are believing God for that. And it is not guaranteed. How many of you have seen people die in their 30s? You've heard someone die in the 20s. You've heard someone die in the 50s. When you go under a tree, when you go under a big tree, you will find green leaves, brown leaves, yellow leaves, and all kinds of leaves. And whether you are green or brown or yellow, you will fall. Or you have the potential to fall when the wind blows. Now, when the wind of death blows, it doesn't matter what age you are, you can go. Hallelujah. And that is why we need to make that preparation for when we die. Because we will die. Now, I was sharing with you that if someone told you that women get pregnant and the baby is in the womb for nine months and the baby stays there for nine months and the baby vanishes. You know, would it be worth even getting pregnant? It will not be worth getting pregnant. So why do you think that it will be worth living a life? You see, the, the baby is in the womb. The mother is carrying the baby for nine months, doing all sorts of things, uncomfortable things. You can't sleep well. Your feet are all swollen. Your nose is enlarged. Your lips are white. Your face, your features change. Everything about you changes. Your appetite, some of you cannot eat. You are spitting. We can't even stand by you. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And then you go through all of that for nine months and the baby vanishes. Would you go through the pain of being pregnant? But why do you believe that we also come into this world and we go through all the things we do? Grow up, you crawl, you walk, and then you, you, you keep working, sleep, eat, do all sorts of things. We say, you have gained weight, and then you are forcing, you are losing weight. And say, you have lost too much weight, gain some. And you're doing all sorts of things. Amen. Even the things that you don't like to eat. Doing all these things, and then you just die, and that's it. But you see, that we think is possible. That we think that life is just here. And there and then we die and that's it amen. amen that we think is possible you see death is a certain fact that will come to everyone we prepare for so many things except death we don't prepare for death we don't even want to talk about it we don't want to hear it as if it is something abstract but it will come. Death will surely come. Hallelujah. Death will surely come. And when it comes, where would you be? Amen. Where would you be? Hallelujah. That is why we need to hear about heaven and hell. It is not a common message that you hear about in churches. If you have been a Christian for a while, I think you can count on your fingers how many times you have heard any preacher talk about heaven and hell. 
If you are a preacher that talks about heaven and hell, your church is not a popular church. People don't like, people like to come and hear blessings. Blessings on this earth. Hallelujah. People like to come and hear proclamation of blessings. And I can proclaim and bless you and that I will say that all the single women are going to get married. They are going to have children. They are going to have houses. They are going to have cars. They are going to drive cars of their dreams and so on and so forth. And you see, all of that is possible. Amen. All of that, all of that the Lord can do for you. Yes. I said the Lord can do all of those things for you. Amen. Amen. But it is possible, it is also real that you will die. But that we don't want to hear about it. But that you are going to get married, it is, it is possible that you may not get married. It is possible that the prophet will prophesy that you are going to get married, but the Lord does not want you to get married. It is possible that some people will get married and they get divorced and be very sad, but you are looking forward to get married. But what is certain is that you will die. That there is no debate about it. And when you die, you are faced with two choices. Now the choice, it is made whilst you are alive. The choice as where you are going, it is made whilst you are alive. The choice for the fetus in the womb to make that you will be born a healthy child or you will be born with a child with holes in your heart and immature lungs and uh, um, abnormal blood vessels and so on and so forth. That choice is made in the womb. Once you come out, you cannot change that. You cannot change that. If you don't make that preparation in the womb and you come out, you cannot go back to change it. And say, I didn't know that this world is a real world where people need real hearts that are working and lungs that are working. And so I have to go back and fix it and come back. There is no going back. I said, there is no going back. Amen. Amen. Now the same way, when you die, you will find out that you are faced with eternity. Whether you believe it or not. Hallelujah. So we want to talk about the kinds of people who go to hell. The kinds of people whose choices are leading them to hell. Amen. Genesis chapter 19 and verse 12. See, because we think that, you know, there are certain people, when we look at them, we don't think it's possible that they will go to hell. You know, there are certain people, they look too fine. You see, and we think that God, God will not put such a fine person to, into hell. Do you understand? We think, that, we think that they look too fine. Amen. Looking fine does not secure you heaven. Amen. Dressing well does not secure you heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. So Genesis chapter 19, let's read from the NIV. <coughs> Genesis 19 and verse 12. It says, you see, this is when God sent these angels to go and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because there was so much sin in the land. And it says, 
the two men said to Lot, Do you have anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here. So when God decided to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he wanted to save Lot's household. Because somebody has stood in to plead on Lot's behalf. Somebody has stood in the gap and prayed and contended with the Lord and pleaded. And so God wanted to save Lot and his household. So when the angels came, they said, do you have anyone else in the city that we are going to destroy? You have sons-in-laws or you have daughters or you have sons. Anyone that belongs to you, get them out of here. Because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who were pledged to marry his daughters. He said, hurry and get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy the city. Just as we are preaching, he says, hurry and give your life to Christ because God is about to destroy the world. God is coming to take the righteous and he will destroy the world. And you see, we don't think God is going to do something like that. He says, God is about to destroy the city. This is in the Bible. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. Amen. His sons-in-law thought he was joking. Some of the people who go to hell, they always think salvation is a joke. When you witness to them, they think you are joking. When you share about Christ with them, they think it's a joke. When you are talking to them about salvation, they say, beware. Are you such naive? They think it's a joke. He said the sons-in-law thought that he was joking. People who think salvation is a joke are the people who go to hell. Amen. They always think salvation is a joke. That Christ died for your sins and that if you give your life to Christ, no matter who you are, no matter what sin you have committed, he says, if you give your life to Christ, you will be saved. They think it's a joke. Amen. They think it's a joke. There's a scripture in Luke 24 and verse 11. Quickly, let's look at that. Luke 24 and verse 11. Verse 6 first. Let's go Luke 24 and verse 6. He says, you know, this is when Jesus died and Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, they went to the tomb to look for Jesus. And then they met an angel that told him that he's risen and he's gone. So he says, he's not here, but he's risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And the third day, rise again. And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulchre and told all these things unto the eleven, that is the disciples, the apostles, and to all the rest. He, they told them how that Jesus Christ is risen. 
verse 10. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. Now verse 11 says, And their words seemed to them as idle tales. And they believed them not. Their words seemed to them as idle tales. Beloved, the things about salvation, they sound like idle tales. The things that will determine your eternity, the path to eternity, they sound like idle tales. God is not prepared and God is not intent to impress you with some supernatural things to make you believe that salvation is real. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? God is not going to impress you with some spectacular things to prove to you that salvation is real. In Luke chapter, um, Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, it says, that is all God is looking for. He says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That is God's message about the gospel. It sounds so simple. It sounds so naive. It sounds like idle tales. There is no proof. God is not intent to prove to you that he gave his son to die for you. He says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It is your choice. Hallelujah. I said God does not intend to impress you with the gospel of salvation. Hallelujah. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21, it says, 1 Corinthians 1 and 21, he says, after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. After that, in the wisdom of God, in the wisdom of God, in God's wisdom to deliver us, in God's wisdom to save us, the world by its wisdom, by the world's understanding, and by the world's assessment, they knew not God. They could not accept God. They could not believe that God exists. They could not conceptualize that there is a God. Beloved, as you are sitting here, you believe that you have brain, but you have not seen your brain before. Now, if you look at the complexity of the brain, to look at how the brain cells work, to look at how the nervous system work, to look at how nerves conduct, that's how your eyes can see, that how the vocal cords can come together as noise are coming through them and you are sitting here and you can hear and you can understand. To believe, to, 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 to imagine that these things are there, that the kidney, how many of you have seen your kidneys before? <clears throat> if I put the anatomy of the kidney to show you how your kidney works, how electrolytes, very minute particles, how tiny things move in and out. The body is designed to work in perfection, to create.
create a complete homeostasis or to create a complete balance such that your cells are working. That a heart, there is a machine. I don't know about any machine that has worked non-stop, does not stop for service, doesn't need to go to the mechanic for service, doesn't need to stop and say, I'm resting, but beats non-stop for some 19 years, come beating every day, every minute, when you are sleeping, doesn't take rest, doesn't stop beating. That's what I don't know of any machine. I said, God by his wisdom could not receive God. And if I come to you, somebody comes to you and says, you know, all of these complex structures, all of these things came to being because there was a big bank. There was a big bank and all of us came to being that our heart, that beats the way it is. That our system, how it works. You know, you have no idea how your blood works. Even when you have a cut and the blood is working to prevent you to form a clot so you don't bleed, you have no idea how complex that is. You have no idea how complex that is. To believe that all of this came out of a big bank and there's no God. He said, the word by its wisdom knew not God. The word by its wisdom knew not God. But I believe if I come to you and I bring a very nice Mercedes Benz, brand new one, and I tell you that this complex machine with this complex engine, the way it works, how you can, now they've made one that you don't even, you can drive it without, you, you can close your eyes and you can drive. And I said, all of this complex machine, it just came to being because there was a big bank you will not believe it. You will think I am, I, I, I don't think madness. Amen. So it says, the word by wisdom knew not God, so it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching, by the foolishness of the gospel message, to save them that what? That believe. God is not ready to prove to you. Hallelujah. That is not ready to prove to you. So it may seem to you as a joke, but the people whose salvation message seem to them as a joke, they are the people that go to hell. Amen. Let's continue to read from Second Corinthians, um, Genesis chapter 19. Genesis chapter 19 and verse 12. Continue on. Where did we stop? It says, It seemed to him as one that was joking. Okay, now verse 15, it says, With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Harry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. So it's Harry, take them and let's go. When he hesitated, the man grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and of his two daughters, and let them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. Wow. Beloved, if you are saved, the Lord has been merciful to you. Amen. If you, as intelligent as you are, with your world wisdom, has received the foolishness of preaching to be saved, God has been very merciful to you. I say, God has been merciful to you. Hallelujah. So, he says, as soon as they had brought them out, 
One of them said, flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. He says, flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. Don't look back. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. Flee to the mountains. Back, please. He says, verse 17. He says, flee for your lives. Flee for your lives. Don't look back. And don't stop anywhere in the plains. Don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. Verse 18. He says, but Lot said to them, no, my lords, please. Your servant has found favor in your eyes and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. But I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me and I will die. Look, here is a town near enough to run to. And it is small. Let me flee to it. It is very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. He said to them, Very well, I will grant this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of. Now, there's a point that I wanted to make here before we continue to the next um, people. So, there's a, we can put in your notes 2A. That the next group of people who go to hell are the people who do not want to do difficult things when it comes to God. The next group of people who go to hell, listen to this message very carefully, are the people who do, who, who do not want to do any difficult thing when it comes to God, when it comes to church. So you see, go back to verse 17. It says, he says, as soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere in the place. When the Lord saves you, he wants you to go all the way with him. Amen. He said, don't stop anywhere in the place. It is very easy to walk in the plains. You don't need any energy to walk in the plains. It is very easy to stay in the plains. But he says, flee to the mountains or you'll be swept away. Whenever you do not make your mind to do difficult things for the Lord, you will be swept away. I say you will be swept away. You see, there are some of us who don't want to do anything that is difficult when it comes to the church. We can travel very far. We can take three buses and a train to go to work. But when it comes to the church, you don't want a church that is that far. You want a church that is next door. You don't want a church that you're going to take a bus and then take a train and then transfer. And then what kind of church is this? You don't want to do anything difficult when it comes to church. Amen. There are some of you who will not come to church if there is no right. If this brother does not give me right, I am not going. The reason why you are not coming is because you didn't get a right. The reason why you are not coming is because nobody came to pick you up. You were dressed, you were ready, and you were at home, but nobody came to pick you up. But when it comes to work, you are ready. You don't need a right. They will tell you there is a job in right place. But all they do is give you the address. And then you are walking, you are, you are taking a bus and a train, and you are crossing the ferry, and you are taking this, and you are going there. You will locate that old woman's house. Wherever 
why it is. And we are going to do that work. You say, all you need is the address. You ask this person, do you know where this is? He said, no, ask this one. Do you know where this is? Do you know? Do you, you will ask 50 people and then you get to the address. But not when it comes to the church. That they, they said the church is on William Bridge Road. And he said, where is William Bridge Road? I've never heard of William Bridge Road. I am looking for one that is next to me. I'm looking for Grand Concourse. I live on Grand Concourse. Is there any church on Grand Concourse? Do you have a branch on Grand Concourse? If you don't, then I'm going to that Methodist church. I'm going to that Catholic church because it is just next to me. You don't want to do anything difficult for the Lord. Those are the people who will be swept away. Swept away. It is too difficult for you to rise up at dawn to pray. It is too difficult to, for you to get up out of your bed to pray. You want to do easy things. So you lie on your bed and you are praying. And you lie on your bed and you are praying. And the next thing that we hear, all we hear is... You don't want to do anything that is difficult. I am too sleepy to rise up to pray. I am too sleepy to get up to pray. I am too tired to get up to pray. Those who do not want to do difficult things for the Lord will be swept away. You'll be swept away. You will be swept away. I say you'll be swept away. Amen. You don't want to do anything that is difficult. I like I like to join the choir, but the rehearsals, you know, the rehearsals, it is too much. I like when they are singing. You see, it's easy for you. Not if I can just join without staying for the rehearsal. I like to join. I like to sing for the Lord. You want to do the easy thing. You don't want to rehearse. You don't want to be rebuked. You don't want to do difficult things for the Lord. You will be swept away. Amen. Amen. You don't want to do difficult things for the Lord. You can't do difficult things for the Lord. You can't do difficult things. You say, I like to join the ministry, but they come to church too early. They come too early. I want a church where by at least 30 minutes we're done and we are gone. I don't, want to, I don't want a church that we are staying there for so long. How long should we stay in the house of God? Why can't we serve God within 15-10 minutes? When it comes to doing difficult things for the Lord, you don't want to do it. You will be swept away. Amen. You'll be swept away. Those who don't like to do difficult things. He says, flee to the man. He says, Lord, why? You have saved me. I am born again. I just, I don't like to, but I just like to come to church and I sit down. I don't want any trouble. I just sit down and receive my message and I go home. Right I will come every Sunday. Trust me. I will be here every Sunday. This rehearsal and this every day, all night. How should I have to come all night to stay and pray? If you don't want to do difficult things for the Lord, you will be swept away. You will be swept away. You'll be swept away. You watch. The people who go far with the Lord, they are the ones who do difficult things for the Lord. I said the people who go far with the Lord, they are the people who do difficult things for the Lord. Amen. You decided you will not do any difficult thing for the Lord. It is too much. It is too much. I can't go on. It is too much. Why all night prayer meeting? Why do we have to come to church again on weekday? 
it is too much. After I have gone to work, why should I come again to church? It is too difficult. If you are not prepared to do difficult things for the Lord, you'll be swept away. I say you'll be swept away. He said, stop. He said, don't stop anywhere in the place. Flee to the mountains. You see, it is an effort to go up the mountains. It is difficult to live up the mountains. It looks so easy to graze the plains. It looks so easy to farm in the place. But when you are doing easy things like that, you will be swept away. You'll be swept away. If your church life is only come to church on Sunday, listen to the message, you don't open your Bible again throughout the week, you will be swept away. You will not last. You will not last. And you have realized that the people who do difficult things for the Lord, they are the people who have guilt in their heart even not to be in church. But you see, when you don't do difficult things for the Lord, you miss church, it doesn't even bother you. I am teaching you something. I said, I am teaching you something. Take your work with the Lord very seriously. So he says, verse 18, he says, But Lord said to them, No, my Lord, please. Your servant has found favor in your eyes. And you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. If you have saved me, he says, but I can't flee to the mountains. I can't do all these things that they do in the church. I can't go up like that. I can't go up the mountains. I just like to say a simple saved Christian, born again Christian. He says, this disaster will overtake me and I will die. Look, here is a town near enough to run and it is small. Let me flee to it. It is very small. I don't like the people to talk about me. I just want to be in my corner. That is why I don't want to be singing. I don't want to do this. I don't want anyone to talk to about me. All I just want to serve God. It's so small. Let me just stay in my corner. He says, it's very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. The embarrassment, the gossip, the this, the that. My life will be spared. You cannot spare your life. It is God who will spare your life. Amen. 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 So verse 21, he said to him, very well, I will grant this request too. Now you see, when the Lord calls you to do something, sometimes the pastor will ask you, join this ministry. Oh, why don't you do this? Oh, why don't you do that? And you say, oh, Reverend, you know this and that and this reason, I can't do this, I can't do that. He said, very well. Just be a member of the church. It's a message. Very well. I will grant this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of. You are born again. You are staying here. But you will be swept away. So verse 22, he says, But flee there quickly because I cannot do anything until you reach it. That is why the town was called Zohar. By the time Lot reached Zohar, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, including all those things in the cities and also the vegetations in the land. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Now the other group of people who go to hell are the ones who are born again but they keep looking back they have given their life to Christ but they keep looking back hallelujah it says Lot's wife looked back Lot's wife looked back 
Some of you are born again, but you keep looking back. You are born again, you have given your life to Christ, but you keep looking back. Hallelujah. You keep looking back. You keep missing the things of the world. You keep wanting to go back to the things of the world. You are born again, you come to church every Sunday, but you keep looking back. Hallelujah. Some of you have certain music that you listen to. You keep looking back. If you are born again, you need to get rid of those types of music. Hallelujah. Some of you, there are certain movies that you watch very inappropriate. And you have them when you were in the world. You keep looking back. Amen. Sometimes you know that you need to get rid of them. But you are keeping them just in case you backslide. Then you don't have to buy them again. Amen. If you backslide, because you never true or not true. There are certain things that you have. You are you, you don't intend to backslide, but just in case. There are certain clothes that you have. You don't want to get rid of the clothes because just in case you backslide, you can wear them again. Some of you have certain clothes. Some of the women have certain clothes that sometimes I see the way they dress in church very nicely and then I see their pictures photographed on Facebook. And everything they have here is exposed. You are looking back. I say you are looking back. You are looking back. All your property that you are showing, you are looking back. You are looking back. You are looking back. I say you are looking back. You know that you can't wear that clothes to church. You know you can you have certain skirts you can't wear to church. I say you can't wear to church. Amen. You can't wear to church. Amen. You know that the clothes are there. And every now and then you go back to your classes and then you are blinded. And then he say, hey, gone are the days. He say, hey, gone are the days. Gone are the days. And then you are and then you just go through the swing, the hangers, like that. And then, wow, this one, I bought it here. I bought this one there. I bought this one. Hey, gone are the days. And you are looking at them. True or not true? I'm preaching. I'm preaching. Some of you, when you were in the world, you used to wear certain pants, certain, certain trousers, pants. That is not appropriate. But you still have them. Amen. You still have them. You don't want to get rid of them because you are looking back. I say you are looking back. Amen. Some of the men you have, you, 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 your friends, alcoholics, your friends drink alcohol. You say you have stopped drinking. You don't drink anymore. But you like to sit with them because you want to smell, smell the alcohol. You say, I don't drink, but you see, when you smell it, it gives you certain aura. You see, you say, I drink my Coca-Cola, but you like the smell. You like the smell. You like the smell. And then, and then, you see, as you are sitting there, and then they are, they are sharing the thing, and then you, you say, oh, can you pass me? And then you take it, and then you give it to them. You are with them because you like the smell. You smell it, and then you feel okay. You are looking back. I say you are looking back. You like it. You, are not, you say, 
I'm not drinking. I don't drink. But you enjoy the smell of it. True or not true? Oh. You're looking at me like I am saying something that is not of this world. Can I, can I, can I show you some scriptures? Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14. Second Corinthians. You see some women, you are born again. You are born again. But the man that you want to marry, complete unbeliever. A complete unbeliever because you have said in your, as for me, the man who broke my virginity is the one that I'm going to marry. So whether he's an unbeliever or not, the man who broke my virginity, I will marry that man. So by all means, you want to marry an unbeliever. You are looking back. I say you are looking, you will turn into a pillar of salt. A pillar of salt. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. He says, Listen, listen, please, we don't have time. We're almost done. He says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? He says, and what concord had Christ with Belial? Or what path had he that believed with an infidel? And what is go, keep going, verse 50. He says, and what agreement had the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. Beloved, you are the temple of the living God. You are uh, you are sanctified. Amen. He said that he redeemed you. He set you apart. He says, "Ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Then he says, Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean things. Touch not the unclean things and I will receive you and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Hallelujah. He says, come out from amongst them. Come out and touch not the unclean things. Touch not the unclean things. Some of you, you are touching unclean, you are born again, but you see, you are sitting in the company of unbelievers, and as the beer bottles are going around, you are passing it to them. You are passing it around and giving it to them. And then you say, I'm drinking my Coca-Cola. He says, touch not the unclean things. He says, can you pass me the cigarette? And then you say, oh, here. And then as you are taking it, hey, gone are the days. And then you see, you are looking at it. You say, wow, gone are the days. And then you hold it, you hold it like the way you used to hold it. And then you say, here, gone are the days. Oh, can you get, can you get me the um, lighter? And then you take the ladder from another friend and then you light it for him. And then you, are, you, light, you enjoy the smell. You enjoy the smoke. You say, I don't smoke it. But you enjoy it. You enjoy it. You say, touch not the unclean things. Touch not the unclean things. Hallelujah. I say, you are looking back. You are not drinking, but you are looking back. And such a person, you will be swept away. I say, you will turn into a pillar of salt. He says, Lot's wife, he, she looked back and she turned into a pillar of salt. Genesis chapter 13. 
Genesis chapter 13. By all means, you have to marry your high school sweetheart. He says, high school sweetheart. Unbeliever. He said, be separate. Separate yourself from unbelievers. And Abraham went up from, no, Genesis chapter 13. Let's read from verse 12. Verse 12. Verse 12. He says, Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plains, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. Listen very carefully. He says, go back to that verse 12. He says, Abraham dwelled, Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. He pitched his tent toward Sodom. Some of us, we want to live near our old unbeliever friends. We want to still have fellowship with our own unbeliever friends. We want to still walk with them. We want to still go to parties with them. We want to still be around them. We want to still hear the music they listen to. Amen. And then he says, But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. Exceedingly. This is where Lord pitched his tent. Very close to Sodom. But the Bible says the men of Sodom, they were wicked and sinners before the Lord. Exceedingly. Some of us, we are surrounded by a lot of sinners. A lot of sinners. Some of us, certain conversations go around us. And it's not appropriate. Look at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 4. I'm not preaching to somebody this afternoon. I'm showing you the people who go to hell. It says, He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh, and the Lord... Oh, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. For if God spared not... Listen very carefully. It says, For if God spared not the angels that sin... You see, a lot of times people say, Oh, God is too good. He's not going to destroy the world. How can God create all these beautiful things and destroy it? Yes, for if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell. God does not tolerate sin. He says he cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, Bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. God did that. He says, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. God is giving you an example. Beloved, we cannot sin, we cannot overlook salvation and say that God is not going to destroy the world. He says, if God did not spare the angels who sinned, and he destroyed the whole world with a flood during Noah's time, and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, he says, this was an example unto those that after should live ungodly. That is you and I. Then verse 7, he says, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. 
Some of you, you are vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked people around you. There are a lot of wicked conversation around you. Filthy conversation. Some of you at work, you see, you are a Christian, but certain conversation can go on around you and you are okay. And then you want to flow, so you laugh and then you giggle. You say you are not saying something. You are not contributing, but you see, it is going on around you. Certain conversations are going on around you. So he says, verse 8, he says, For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vex his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. That righteous man. You are born again Christian but your roommate is a very bad sinner. I don't know if a good sinner but he's a bad sinner. Your roommate next door Every night you are hearing certain sounds coming from your roommate. Every night certain sounds coming from your roommate. You see, you are born again. You know, and you used to do these things. You used to do these things. But you say, you are not moving. And you are living there. Because, because you like the noise. And then you reminisce. And then you say, you say, they, you say they don't know anything. They think they, they don't know our days. You know, you say, I used to do all. And then you are, you are remembering. You are looking back. You have pitched your tent close to Sodom and Gomorrah. I say you have pitched your tent very close to Sodom. And your righteous soul from day to day vexed with unlawful deeds. You are hearing all kinds of things at night. You are hearing all kinds of things. Then you wake up and then you are imagining your roommate all kinds of things. You are imagining. He says, by seeing and hearing, seeing and hearing, that's his righteous soul. Say, touch not the unclean thing. Some of you, you are born again, but you are a bartender. And you serve beer, beer. And then that is every day you are handling unclean things. Every day. You are born again. Amen. Beloved, you are pitching your tent near Sodom. I say you are pitching your tent near Sodom. Hallelujah. He says, touch not the unclean things. He says, that righteous man, that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vex his righteous soul. Vex his righteous soul. Beloved, there are certain places that you don't need to live. There are certain jobs that you don't need to take. You are vexing your righteous soul. You are vexing your righteous soul. And so Jesus says in Luke chapter 17 verse 32. He says, Luke chapter 17 verse 32. He said a very short scripture. And I want you to remember. What did he say? That is a scripture. Remember Lot's wife. Put your hands together for the Lord. Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. He was talking about hell. And he was talking. And he says, remember Lot's wife. We will continue next week. Remembering Lot's wife. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. They thought it was a joke. When they heard the salvation message, they thought it was a joke. Lift up your hands and let us pray. Lift up your hands. Let us pray. Lift up your hands and let us pray.
Lift up your hands. Pray to the Lord. Pray to the Lord and ask Him. He says, You have pitched your tent near Sodom and Gomorrah. There are certain conversations that go around you, it vexes your righteous soul. You are born again, but you keep looking back. He says, Remember Lord's wife. Remember Lord's wife. Remember Lord's wife. Everyone pray. Pray. Ask the Lord. He says, Set me free from the unrighteous. The unrighteous deeds. Set me free from them. Set me free. Set me free. Set me free, Lord. Set me free. Set me free. Set me free. Set me free, oh God. Set me free. 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 Cleanse me, oh God. From all these that are around me. Set me free, oh Jesus. Set me free. Set me free. Oh Jesus. Set me free. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. Father, as I'm giving my life to you, oh Lord, surround me with a righteous. He says, this righteous man, by hearing and seeing, that's his righteous soul. He takes his righteous soul. Oh, he takes his righteous soul. Yes. afternoon it does not matter what you have done in your life it does not matter how far you feel from Christ it does not matter what you have involved your life in the Lord is here to save it is the blood of Jesus that cleanses it is that blood that loses never its power it is that same blood of God that was shed on Calvary it is available to you also. He said, there is more room at the cross. If you are here this afternoon, maybe somebody invited you to church. Maybe you once walked with Christ. But today, if you look in your life, you feel you have looked back. You feel very far from Jesus. You know in your heart, if you were dying today, you are not sure of where you will stand. But beloved, the choice is today. You have that choice today to make to choose to go to heaven or to choose to go to hell. Beloved, just say we don't know. What about making a choice? Just like a baby will say, I don't know if I need my heart to work in this world. But what if I close my heart and make it mature enough to enter into this new world? Why don't you make that choice this afternoon? Make a choice to come to Jesus. He's here to save you. He died for you and died for me. He shed his blood. But if we will confess the Lord Jesus, if we only will believe in our hearts and we will confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. You shall be saved.
Maybe somebody invited you to church. Maybe you came by yourself this afternoon. Jesus is here to see you. If that is you, I feel the Lord is speaking to you. You want to give your life to Jesus. Whatever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. If you want to give your life to Jesus, lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. If you want to be like that, lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Lift up your hand so I can see you. And I'll pray with you. If you want to be like that, I see your hand. Is there anyone else? You want to give your life to Jesus? Anyone else? You want to give your life to Jesus? With all eyes closed and every head bowed. Beloved, this is a very solemn moment. Very solemn moment. Anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Jesus? You say, I want to give my life. I want to surround that. I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life. If that is you. Beloved, you are not here by chance. You may not have this opportunity again. Today, if you hear his voice, add it not your heart. Is there anyone else? If you have lifted up your hand, why don't you come here with me? Lift up your hand. You want to give your life to Jesus? Come forward. Come here and I'll pray with you. Anyone here like that? Oh, take a bold step. You have your right hand up and you want to give your life to Jesus. Come forward. I'm the one for you. Anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? 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 join and say this after me and if you have not said this prayer before you can mean it from your heart and say Lord Jesus, Lord, Lord Jesus thank you for dying for me I have sinned I am not worthy to be called one of your children but this afternoon, but this afternoon I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. I believe in my heart that you are the Son of God. That God raised you up from the dead. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me with your blood. This afternoon, I welcome you into my life. I welcome you into my heart. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Take control of my life. Say, be my master. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. This afternoon, please Jesus, write my name in the book of life. Thank you Jesus for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord and you may be seated. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. 
Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.